when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero. Love that you're here. Glad to be with you. And uh, today we are talking about how to navigate transition. Oh boy, have I ever been going through a transition, not just in the last couple months, but over the last couple years as I have really started to let go of most of my uh, corporate work. And now I'm just working with trial attorneys and focusing all my energy on you peeps because y'all demand it. And so I've decided stop fighting it. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you and happy to do so. You guys really are my people. I feel like I found my tribe and, and I thank you so much for the warm welcome into your world. I felt it's a very big honor, big, huge honor for me to advise you in the way that I do for you to take that advice and to see the major, major things that you're able to accomplish using this work. I just, I just really, really am honored to to do that with you and walk that road with you. So as people come through this work, uh, and I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again, they realize quite quickly that this is a transformation, not just another skill CLE or book or video uh, that they can add to their toolbox. It really becomes something that they either choose to dive headlong into or I never see them again. <laughs> and thankfully, most, I would say 90% of the people who come in contact with this work are in it for the long haul. They recognize the power in it, both in the mindset shifts, in the nonverbal communication. You know, we've all been communicating nonverbally our entire lives. And so, as you might imagine, it's not the easiest thing in the world just to shift that in a four-day studio course or by reading my book. So they recognize and choose willingly to go on that journey. But those of you who have chosen to do that, this podcast is really for you because doing that requires that you transition and transitions are hard. I can't remember who did that study where they have all of these different transitions, you know, marriage, divorce, moving, um, college, graduating, and the more, the higher the points, the higher stress were. And I think like graduations, weddings, and divorces, having a new kid, they were super high up there. Like you're, you're more likely to have a heart attack. Uh, my point about that is not to scare you, but to say that transitions are hard. And I think that learning how to navigate them is really, really important to anyone who is committed to personal development. So with that, and I've been talking about different books lately, and I love sharing with you the books that I love. In fact, one of the books that I recommend quite a bit is The Art of Gathering. And I just had a client be like, sorry, that book is so boring. Um, and I, I agree, it is not the most riveting read. I mean, kind of, if you love group dynamics, which I do, there's some great stuff in there. But Anyways, I will continue to share the books that I love and you can do with it what you will, my friends. But the book that I'm talking about today is an oldie. I think he was, wrote it in the 70s and it just became an international bestseller and it may have not been as popular now as it used to be, but it's called Transitions 
come to find out, by William Bridges. Bridges like, you know, bridge over water. So William Bridges transitions, and I highly recommend this book for any of you who are going through a transition of any kind. And specifically why I'm doing this podcast today is because I'm myself, I'm going through through, through podcast, through transition, but in addition, so many of you entering into this work without knowing it will also be going into a transition as well. When I talk about learning a new skill, what I've talked about with my clients for years is the four stages of competence. And you may have heard about this and I got it in the epilogue in my book. And I think it's Martin Broadwell who came up with these four stages. And this is kind of my take on it. So the first one is conscious or unconscious incompetence, meaning you don't know what you don't know. So before you came in contact with me or my work, you had no idea this was a thing or that was even something you wanted to learn about. That's unconscious incompetence. Then once you came in contact with it, now you have conscious incompetence, meaning you know it's something you want to do and you don't know how to do it yet. Then we get into conscious competence, meaning now you're doing it, but you have to really think about it. So this is kind of where our, our studio people are when they're, you know, on day uh, three, they're in front of the mock jury, they've learned all the new skills the day before, and now they, they kind of know how to do it, but they have to really think hard about it. And so they start forgetting their content or their nonverbals aren't as smooth as they might be, so on and so forth. And that's that conscious competence. If they keep at it, they'll eventually get to unconscious competence, meaning they will now be able to perform without having to think about it so much. And it just becomes part of their muscle memory and what they do as communicators. That is the the four steps of, of moving through learning a new skill. A transition, however, is a bit different. And when we tend to think of transitions, what we tend to think of is, okay, I'm starting this new thing and let's go like old thing, new thing. And what William Bridges does such a great job of is talking about the three phases of transition. And the first phase, which might surprise you, is endings. We tend to think of transitions as beginning something new, but a transition really begins with an ending, an ending. And here's what he has to say about endings and and why they're so important. I just want to read from the book because I think this is so great. He says, the old must be cleared away before the new can grow. The mind is a vessel that must be emptied if new wine is to be put in. If you go back three or four podcasts and listen to the It's Time to Fly, that's basically what I was talking about there is that what brought you up to this point is not going to get you to the next point. You have to end something before you start something new. So he says, continuing, this process is hard to take in more than just a natural personal sense. It goes against the grain of our culture, which tends to view growth as an additive process. We did not have to unlearn the the first grade to go on to the second, for example, or forget Sunday school when we joined the church. We do not expect to give up old beliefs in spite of St. Paul's injunction to put away childish things in order to mature. In fact, the entire termination process violates our too seldom examined idea that development means gain and nothing to do with loss. Boy, I just think that's huge. For me particularly, because I'm always trying to do more and trying to do better. Learning and growth is one of my top values of all time. 
And so as I've been personally going through my transitions now of really, my first transition was letting go of the corporate work and focusing on all of my work on trial attorneys. And now my transition is, is going, how do I do my best work? What do I have to let go of in order to show up in a way that really not only just benefits my clients, but is me working at my top performance. And I've had to make a lot of tough decisions around that because here's the thing. And I was working with my coach on this. It's like, here's all the things I want to do. And my coach was like, great. Where are you going to do it? (laughs) Where are you going to get the time to do all those things? You have to let go of things in order to make room for new things to emerge. And yet, as a society, as a culture, we do not like the process of letting go. We want to keep everything and we want to keep adding, adding, adding. In fact, this is what I see all the time when you guys are going to your CLEs and your books and all those kind and buying your books and doing all those things is that let me see how much more I can add. I let me add more skill. Let me learn new things. And there's nothing wrong with learning new things. However, I see you almost kind of laden, like just heavy and burdened with all this learning because what that what that does for you is it adds to your confusion. If you're learning is helping you get clearer, then I'm all for it. But if it's all that it's doing is adding to your confusion, putting another thing on the pile of a way to to do this or consider, you got to stop with that. You've got to let something go. I mean, in our small group coaching class, we we, we call it the path to mastery. When you are going to master something, you don't try to be jack of all trades. You don't try to be good at everything. In fact, one of the things about mastery is allowing yourself to let go of other things so that you can focus on the thing that you want to get really, really good at. But again, because we don't like the idea of letting things go, we see development as an additive process, as William Bridges says, instead of something where we have to let things go, uh, development meaning gain versus loss, we resist this step. And so what I'm going to suggest to you is that as you move through transition of any kind, whether you're transitioning into this work, whether you have a transition in your life, the first thing is to choose willingly what it is you're giving up. And to, you know, sometimes you need to mourn that, whether that was a marriage that had ended or a child going off to school and mourning that part of your life endings and doing endings right, which is not what the point of this podcast is, but there's, there's, there's a lot there to explore. There's a lot of ritual that I do with my clients when we end things because endings are huge. If we don't properly end something, we can't move to the next step. So it's really important for you that you clearly and and succinctly end the old thing before you can move to the new thing. So my question to you is, what do you want to let go of? I mean, in many cases, letting go is really an internal thing. Yes, the change that's about to happen will show up externally in, in many cases. But oftentimes, the the thing that you have to let go of, and in, in fact, most of the time, is an internal thing. It's a belief or a way of being that no longer serves you. So for example, one of the things that I've had to learn how to let go is that I can't serve everyone. I cannot give everyone my time. 
And the reason for that is because I have these clear goals now that I'm working toward. I want to become a guru in the, tr- in the trial world, not guru in the creepy sense, like you guys do all what I say and give me tons of money. I mean, you can give me tons of money if you want, but you know, I don't want to like, um, you know, hypnotize you or brainwash you, but <laughs> I really want to dedicate my time and energy to one trial attorneys, but not just trial attorneys, trial attorneys who are in this for the transformation. I'm not interested anymore. And this is one of the things I had to let go of in people who just want help with an opening statement or just want help with voidier, right? I'll do a strategy session, but I won't spend six or eight, you know, 90 minute sessions with you helping you develop your case anymore. I used to. Now it's, you want to invest, you come out for three days. We spend three good days together, five days together, or whatever it may be, or you join my small group coaching, or it's a long-term six-month program. I'm, I'm interested in investing and learning with you over time versus solving a short-term problem. Does that mean that I'd have clients I have to say no to? Absolutely. And that's been hard. I developed a litmus test, and you may do this in your own world, as something comes through for me, like a speak, these are mostly for speaking engagements. I have four things that I have to answer at least three out of the four for me, for me to even consider doing it. The first one is, do I want to? It's like a funny thing to have on that list. But so often we'll do things without even checking in with ourselves. of, do I want to, do I even want to do this? We do it because we think we have to. We do it for the money. We do it for a variety of reasons. But rarely ever do we ask ourselves, do I want to do this? And, and don't get me wrong. I know it's a luxury um, to, to be in a position either as a business owner or those of you who work for other people to say, you know, I, I'm just not going to do it because I don't want to. It's taken me time to get to this point where I can actually say no to things. I had to, and many of you have to, and hopefully won't be there very long, say yes to a lot of things just to get your business off the ground. So don't get me wrong. I, I This is a process. But where I am in my career now, I can do that. And so my first question is, do I want to? And if I say yes, then my next question is, does it fit in my schedule? Well, actually, my next question is, does it advance my goals? So is it is it with trial lawyers who are invested long term really is my big goal? Does it serve my goal of becoming a trial attorney guru? So on and so forth. Then if that, that answer is yes, then I move on to does it fit my schedule? Like, can I make it work? Do I have to move a bunch of things around? And if, I, if that answer is yes, then the, the fourth one is, does the money make sense? Now, that doesn't mean that they have to pay me a ton of money. I do stuff with clients who pay me no money for pro bono, and I wouldn't even want to take money from them because it would take away from their mission. So just the money needs to make sense. doesn't mean that it has to be a certain amount. It doesn't make sense. And that's made it really easy for me to say no. And so I suggest that when you're considering what it is that you have to let go of, you create your own litmus test so that you're not swirling around in confusion that it becomes really clear these are my goals these are the things that need to be in place for me to say yes to this and if it doesn't hit the things on this list then it's a it's a no now once you navigate in navigating transition once you end whatever it is you need to end what you need to let go of then you enter the neutral zone oh my god (laughs) I'm in the neutral zone right now and I hate the neutral zone. The neutral zone sucks. This is the where you know what you don't want, but you don't know exactly what you do want. I mean, you have an idea of what that is, but you, you don't have a clear vision of what that looks like tangibly, okay? So for me, I knew that I was unsatisfied with some things in my life. Like I didn't like doing sessions. Um, I 
uh, trying to coach uh, over Zoom is not my favorite way to work. And so I knew that I wanted to let go of that. But I was still pretty unclear of what that would look like in the future. Well, then what does that mean in the future? And I've gotten there, you know, in the three to five day and I've various things. But there's other things that are still kind of up in, up in the air. And, and I hate when things are up in the air. That is not a good place for me to hang out. Uh, but come to find out via William Bridges, it actually is a great place for you to hang out. In fact, this is a very, very important time because this is where all when you're not ready to to start something to have a new beginning which is the third part of a transition navigating a transition oftentimes we try to rush this process I know I do and then we jump into a new beginning only to quit that because it was the wrong thing this is this great time of percolating and and just seeing what comes up for us. And most of us don't like that because we don't like being in this place of indecision and where things aren't uh, clear or set up or we're not moving forward. But this place is so, so, so important. In fact, William Bridges says, this is a place of surrender. This is where you just surrender to not knowing. And I'm telling you, this is so important <laughs> for me personally. Of just, I, don't, I don't like not knowing, but it's so great. And just being with not knowing has allowed so much stuff to float to the surface for me. Great stuff that I would squeeze off otherwise because I have this, you know, fear of not knowing. So I just like make up stuff and take steps without really giving it some proper time. In fact, my new thing this last couple of months is I'm not going to make a move forward until I know for sure that's exactly what I want to do. Now, there's times in life where we have to make we have to make a step and we're not totally sure, but in this phase of my life right now, I'm waiting for life to tell me what the next right step is and I'm trusting that it will. In the book, Bridges talks about different ways to navigate the neutral zone, journaling a lot, time alone. Most of the time when you're going through a transition, you naturally want to go away, think, process. Uh, so I highly recommend that you take your time during the neutral zone, which brings us to the third part of transition, which is the new beginning. And the new beginning is exciting. And, and what he says here is that you know, we don't we don't get to really decide when the new beginning starts, for example. He says, when we're talking about the new beginning, we're talking about the opportunity we presented to you. He says, genuine beginnings depend on this kind of inner realignment rather than on external shifts. For it's when we are aligned with deep longings that we become powerfully motivated. This again shows how important that neutral zone is because that's where you start to really align with what it is that you want, why you quit the thing that you quit because it wasn't what you wanted. It didn't align with your life purpose or your goals. So now when you start that new beginning, this is the opportunity because you're clear from the neutral zone of what it is you want and don't want to now align with those things. So when the opportunity comes, that's when you can jump on it because now you're clear. Otherwise, if you had not given yourself time during that transition, you wouldn't be able to enter into the new beginning phase. Now, he talks in there about how it's very important that you stop 
quote unquote, getting ready and act as well. So it's not just about waiting for the opportunity, but once the opportunity arrives, you can't tell yourself, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. That's when it, when it arrives, that's your time to jump and stop feeling like you got to be ready before you get there. Now, one of the things he says in there that I just thought was so wonderful, which is be careful about a preoccupation with results because that can be damaging. Isn't that what I've been saying to all y'all for forever in terms of the winning? This is where it's really important. When you start that new beginning, if you are too obsessed with the results of getting it right, whether it's this nonverbal work or your, your new job isn't totally hitting all, all of your sweet spots or that new relationship or whatever your new beginning is, and you're so focused, you're like, damn it, I made this step and now it's not perfect. That's really damaging. Be careful about that. Just enjoy the process of that new thing as you ease yourself into it. So to to reiterate, how do you navigate a transition? First part is to let go. You have to end whatever it is that you're no longer going to do before, do again or do anymore. Second, that neutral zone, surrender to it. Be okay with not knowing and kind of fumbling around for a bit. And third, align. Once you've given yourself that space to fumble around and kind of find what it is that you truly love, want, value, desire, move toward, now align and be with that. And don't second guess, guess yourself. We're, our whole life is a, a, is a series of transitions. And the better we can navigate them, the better our lives will be. So that's why I highly recommend you all get Transitions by William Bridges, regardless of whatever type of transition you might be in. But particularly for those of you who are now really entering this work and communicating in new and different ways. And sometimes that can be scary. Sometimes that can be scary. So I hope this podcast has helped. All right, you guys, we will talk soon. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to drop, but I'm assuming it's around New Year. So happy New Year. If we're not there yet, happy going to be New Year. Transitions are a great time. <laughs> or uh, The New Year is a great time to transition and a lot of people transition around that time as well. All right, talk soon. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.